shining a light on podcasts and videos that have caught our attention. The Spotlight with Jen Spiker. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the free Vision Christian Media app. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Dr. Taz Walker, who's a geologist with Creation Ministries, he's a researcher, writer and speaker, trained as an engineer in power generation and the mining industries. He now spends his time exposing the secular myth that everything evolved over billions of years. Taz Walker, welcome to 2020. Good day, Neil. It's really great to be here. Well, Taz, when it comes to your qualifications and the sorts of things that you like to talk about within creation ministries and you're traveling in different settings all around Australia and I guess uh, different countries around the world too, uh, having this background in geology, uh, this is very important when we start talking about the way the earth formed and when you talk about the myth of evolution and this way of billions of years, the way things change. Uh, and uh, the creation side of the debate as to how things got to be the way they are, geology is a fabulous discipline to be able to understand. Indeed, geology is, is really the key because it, uh, it's a story. Uh, the secular geology is a story about the past as to how we got here, and our understanding of how we got here affects our understanding of uh, why we're here and our purpose in life, and that affects all the sorts of decisions that we make about our own lives, and that affects our future. Now, part of the topic of our conversation today, we can be talking about ice ages, uh, we're going to talk about Noah's floods. The hot-button issue for so many people still is this issue of climate change today. As a geologist and as someone who worked in the power industry, uh, in the mining industry, and that was coal mining too, as I, uh, as I recall, uh, as well as being involved in uh, hydroelectric power generation, uh, those sorts of issues and those sorts of industries uh, are said by some to be contributing to climate change. When it comes to this climate change debate, are you receiving questions from people when you're addressing them, talking about creation issues, as to what light the Bible might shed on these sorts of issues? Indeed, that's one of the questions that comes up. Whenever we make a presentation, there's lots of questions that uh, people ask, and one of them has to do with global warming, and uh, the others are to do with the Ice Age, and the, the intersection of those two issues uh, has implications for uh, the debate that's going on today. Well, we want to be able to talk through those issues today, and the invitation there for you to be a part of our conversation so we're opening those talkback lines. The number to call if you'd like to participate in our conversation today is 1-800-880-876. one 880 We're talking about the Ice Age, climate change and Noah's flood. Uh, so what light does the Bible shed on today's climate and evidence for creation that debunks the evolutionary myth? You might have some comments. You might have some thoughts. Why don't you give us a call on one 800 And because Dr. Taz Walker is one of the wonderful stable of, uh, of scientists who are a part of Creation Ministries, today when you do make a call and you're a part of our conversation uh, we'll take your details and you will be a recipient of a subscription to Creation Magazine, which is just a wonderful publication. Taz, let's talk about your history 
your training as an engineer, uh, working in these fields of power generation in the coal mining industry. Uh, what sort of foundation has that given to you when it comes to the things that you do today? Well, I think engineering's a, a fabulous uh, career, fa- fabulous pro- uh, profession, and uh, because engineers have to make things right, they're not to fall down, so they make sure that they get the equations right and the assumptions right and they check it with other people. So there's a lot of uh, work goes on to make sure that things are correct. So that's one aspect of engineering. And the other aspect in power generation is that uh, it involves the burning of fossil fuels, which are said to be contributing to the greenhouse effect, Uh, but it involves the burning of those fuels. So I had the opportunity to visit quite a number of uh, different coal mines around, uh, around Queensland and uh, go underground and watch the coal being mined and uh, be, in, be involved in development of some new mines as they were being opened up and uh, planned uh, before they actually came on stream. So when we talk about the mining of fossil fuels, uh, when we talk about global warming, uh, the connections between those, the whole climate change debate, and you say you're receiving questions from people when you do address this type of issue, uh, what sort of position do you like to take or is it or is it a different dimension that you actually get into when you're talking about the climate change debate? Well, the, the, certainly the burning of fossil fuels uh, does release carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. There's no doubt about that and that is increasing uh, the, the concentration of it but it's an incredibly small amount that's in our atmosphere. Carbon dioxide is actually a food for plants And so when there's uh, increased carbon dioxide, plants do better, they grow quicker, they grow bigger, and uh, and, uh, arid places tend to be uh, gradually taken over by plants. So uh, there's a lot of good aspects to increased carbon dioxide on our earth, feed feed more people. Uh, And then there's the idea as to is it connected to climate change, and that's where the issue of uh, Noah's flood and the issue of the Ice Age comes in. Because in order to understand climate in the present, uh, we need to go back and see if we can understand climate in the past as to what's gone on on the earth. And uh, that's a really interesting and fascinating insight into our growth in understanding in that. So while a secular scientist might be trying to work with models that might bridge what they would say are billions of years Uh, When you come to a creation perspective and say the Earth is a lot younger than that, how do you get a modelling process in place that can help you understand uh, these issues of climate? Well, the interesting thing is when uh, it was first uh, thought, proposed, that there had been so-called ice age on the Earth, that is that the, uh, that the the continents of the Earth were once covered with a lot more ice than we see on the Earth today. There's about 10% of the continents are covered with uh, with ice, glaciers and that sort of thing. Well, the guy who um, who, who first proposed that was a guy called Louis Asagi, and uh, he proposed it in 1837 He to a lot of scientists uh, that there'd been an ice age, there'd been a lot more ice. And they looked at him astounded and said... Uh, that they, they thought it was ridiculous because they thought, well, what caused it? What would have caused an ice age? And why did it go away? And that's been the problem and the question ever since. What caused the ice age? So initially they disbelieved that there had been more ice on the earth, but uh, with careful observation,
generations, over decades, eventually the um, scientific fraternity, the geologists became convinced that indeed he, he was correct. And uh, But the question as to what caused it still remains, and that's the connection with climate change. So when we look at the creationist model, uh, did the Ice Age happen then uh, within the last, say, 6,000 years? Indeed, that's the case. It, 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 the Ice Age, uh, the, it's certainly the, the, uh, what secular geologists would call the most recent one, uh, in their thinking was uh, very recent. Uh, and in the creationist model, it was uh, in the last uh, 4,500 years that it occurred. Now, just to go back to uh, the, the carbon dioxide connection, there was a guy called um, Arrhenius who was a, a, a Swedish chemist. He did a lot of work in understanding chemistry and chemical reactions. He was the first to propose the idea that maybe it was carbon dioxide which caused the Ice Age. See, people didn't know what caused it. And he thought that the change in carbon dioxide level was what caused it, and he proposed that. Uh, but basically nobody really believes that today. The thinking today is that it was... Um, Changes in the Earth's orbit, changes in the Earth's axis of rotation has changed the temperature on the Earth a little bit. And uh, that little change in temperature combined with carbon dioxide and uh, a feedback, a positive feedback effect has tipped the Earth over into an ice age in the past. And then it's tipped it back out of an ice age in the past. And so there's this idea that the Earth's climate is unstable. And that's part of the reason why people are so concerned about what's happening today. But when you look at it, the, the big thing is those who are proposing these models ignore the biggest effect on Earth climate that ever happened. And that is the cataclysm of Noah's flood. And the Bible describes that. So if people uh, believe the Bible as they were taught in Sunday school and they, they, they just uh, looked at the effects of Noah's flood, the whole earth was covered in water. And uh, creation geologists today realize that there was a lot of volcanoes at that time. There was movements in the earth's plates. The, uh, the ocean levels came up higher because of the movements in the plates. And so after the flood, the oceans were a lot warmer than they were than they are today and that was the driving force behind the ice age the warm oceans produced the increased evaporation and the increased precipitation on the earth and that built up the ice on the on the on the continents and so the the noah's flood is the key only the bible explains the ice age it's still not explained and it was because of the the warmer temperatures in the oceans that the ice age grew the ice grew and when the oceans cooled down and came back to equilibrium, the, uh, and, and after they cooled, the ice started to melt back. So the Noah's flood explains what caused it and explains why the ice age went away. And if you don't take that into account, you can't really get good models of the Earth's climate. And so the credibility of the argument then comes to saying uh, Noah's floods, what evidence is there for Noah's flood today? And we'll get into those sorts of evidences as we continue our conversation. Let me invite uh, listeners to be a part of our conversation. one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six is our number. You can be a part of our talkback conversation today. one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. Let's take some calls. Paul is in Wollongong. Hello, Paul. Welcome to twenty twenty. Good day. Paul, what's your thoughts on the types of things we're talking about today, or do you have a question for Taz? 
Yeah, I just had a question about how you feel about the waste of research funds in science being directed towards evolution for 150 years. Well, that's a good question. Uh, certainly, when when you put funds into wrong ideas, it doesn't lead to many uh, good good outcomes. And uh, there's a DVD with a, a fellow by the name of John Sanford produced a, a DVD, and he's called "How Evolution Harms Science." And one of my colleagues is collecting a number of um, of examples of research and uh, ideas of evolution which have been very, very harmful to science. And so uh, certainly what's needed is for people to open their minds to the possibility that God created, open their minds to the idea that the Bible history is true, and that will, that will bring about a whole swag of uh, new ideas, new research possibilities, and new insights into what's really going on. So I think the big thing is, the big problem is the closed-mindedness of people, and I think it's important that uh, this, this change in people's minds be opened up. Paul from Wollongong, is there, uh, is there something behind your question? Do you have some experience uh, that, uh, that says uh, the funds were directed in the wrong way when, when you think of your own training? Or what's your background on that? Oh, I just remember doing geology at high school and being frustrated throughout the entire course and trying to come up with the alternative constructs in my mind. So I'm pretty excited when I see the work that Taz and others have done, Michael Ord and others have done as well, where they actually presenting the very things I was trying to think about as I sat there in my high school class. That's really good, Paul. Yeah, I just met a fellow last week who, who's become a Christian in the last six years, and he uh, is a, uh, a geologist. He's been a professor of geology at universities, different continents around the world. And since he's uh, come to follow Jesus seriously, these issues have started to come up, and he's been working them through exactly as you, as, uh, you were when you were young. And uh, he's finding it very exciting too. Paul from Wollongong, thank you so much for being part of 2020. You can call us 1-800-880-0876 is our number if you'd like to be part of our talkback conversation. Uh, we're talking through issues to do with ice ages, climate change and Noah's flood. Peter is from Darlington in WA. Hello, Peter. Welcome to 2020. G'day. Peter, what's your contribution to our conversation today? Well, I, I tend to hold the view that um, Christ is going to reign on the earth for a thousand years, and I think it's a fairly commonly held view about the millennia. Um, Now, in tying that in with climate change, you hear um, people saying that our time on earth is fairly limited, maybe decades or a century or a couple of centuries, and yet if you believe in the millennial reign of Christ, then the earth has got a good thousand years left in it. I was just wondering how you marry the two. Those, how do you marry those two ideas together? Well, well, certainly the the Earth's climate and the Earth is a very stable system. It says in uh, uh, after the flood, there's one statement that God says, "While the Earth remains, summer and winter, sea time and harvest, uh, they, they will re, they will continue." And uh, and so and the effect of the on uh, of the great perturbation or the great uh, deviation that was caused by Noah's flood, the earth returned to equilibrium. So it's not an unstable system. And so uh, there'd be no problem with it surviving for, you know, for, the, for that length of time that's needed. I don't see any problem with that. Okay, yeah, a thousand so, years. Yeah, yeah, sometimes I wonder whether, you know, things might degrade, as the scientists say, and when Christ returns, 
there'll be some restoration of the ecosystem and the climate. But I don't tend to hold that view personally, but I just wonder um, if that's a common view out there. Well, I'm not sure about that. Um, we do know that there will be a restoration. The Bible talks about that, the restoration of all things, a new heaven and a new earth that will probably, uh, and where, where all that fits in. Uh, we don't normally get into discussions on that. We focus more on what happened in the past and uh, and how that affects our history and the bi- biblical account of Genesis. So, yeah. um, but, but um, yeah, so we don't really go into those sorts of things a lot. Peter from Darlington in WA, thanks so much for being part of 2020 today. Our special guest, Dr. Taz Walker, researcher, writer and speaker with Creation Ministries. You're invited to be a part of our conversation today. You can call us 1-800-880-0876. Our talkback line is open, 1-800-880-0876. Your thoughts on ice ages, climate change and Noah's flood will continue in just a few moments. Rise and shine. Every time I sit down and have communion, whether it's at work because in our weekly staff meeting we always have communion together or at church, for some reason it always tastes amazing. Does anyone else have that experience? Am I, I just agree. Crazy? Yeah. I agree. There's something about <laughs> communion that is just delicious. I know. I remember uh, when I went to the churches in Hawaii, we took a whole bunch of Tim Tams over there. I said, we actually have these uh, for communion. We have a hot chocolate and we do the, you know, <laughs> you slurp the Tim Tam through. Uh, and, and they went, really? Can we do that over here? And I said, no, I'm just joking. If they actually believe it. <laughs> Rise and shine. Weekday mornings on Vision. Want wholesome, positive TV the whole family can enjoy? Visit acctv.com.au. This week's Friday Night Movie is the next chapter of the Love Series and introduces audiences to the new generation when Missy's daughter Belinda struggles with her dreams of becoming a doctor and her feelings for a newcomer in town. Love's Unfolding Dream. Friday, 8.30pm, AEST, on station sponsor, ACCTV. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective, 2020. It's Neil Johnson with you on this Tuesday edition of 2020. Our special guest this hour, Dr. Taz Walker from Creation Ministries. We're talking through issues to do with ice age, climate change and Noah's flood. Uh, Taz, let me just ask you, as we're inviting people to be a part of our conversation, uh, saying the talkback lines are open, 1-800-880-876. There are a lot of people who have questions and they sometimes are reluctant to ask them because because they think that their question will stump the expert. Mm. Uh, I guess how open are those, you know, creation speakers like yourself uh, to answering whatever question people can come up with? We're always uh, keen to hear questions from people. When I first started out speaking with creation ministries, I was incredibly nervous about question time thinking I'd get asked questions that I couldn't answer. But I've, I soon discovered that people ask the same questions over and over and over again. And uh, I know that people say that they are often afraid to ask a question because they think it will indicate that they've got a lack of faith and that they don't believe. So they hold on to these doubts and these questions 
where it's really good to ask them. Sometimes, you know, maybe in their churches that they uh, they will ask people who don't know the answers, and in a way that's why Creation Ministries have set up a website. We've got it's creation.com. It's got a search box there, and you can just type in your question. There's thousands of articles dealing with all sorts of things, and people have come from all areas of life, and they have all sorts of things which are con- uh, of interest and of concern to them. So that's why uh, that's a really good place to get answers to questions. We're going to continue our conversation. We're talking about the Ice Age. We're talking about climate change. We're talking about Noah's Flood. And uh, there are calls coming through. Let's take some more calls uh, at this point. Michael is in the Blue Mountains. Hello, Michael. Welcome to 2020. G'day, uh, Taz. G'day, Michael. Uh, I have an 11-year-old son who's very inquisitive, and uh, we've been listening along the radio, and this is not strictly speaking a a question for a geologist, but you may know the answer. He's he's asked how the world or why the world spins. Uh, I think the evolutionists have a long age theory of why it spins, but why, why does it not lose its momentum is his question. Well, it is losing its momentum gradually. It's very, very slow. Uh, so that um, according to Newton's laws of motion, is something will continue in a, uh, moving unless it's acted on by a force. And so the, uh, once with, when the earth is spinning, it just keeps spinning and spinning unless there's some forces that act on it. Now, the moon provides gravitational forces against the earth, and so the earth is gradually slowing down. And... Uh, as a matter of fact, that's one of the uh, arguments that comes up as to why the Earth can't be billions of years old. Uh, it's, to, uh, it's to do with uh, the slowing down of the Earth. And um, it's to do every every now and then there's, there has to be a, a little change made to the Earth's clocks, uh, little seconds added so that the year keeps into um, uh, uh, strictly the correct time. So things are slowing down a bit. Uh, God set it in motion at the beginning. He uh, spun, The earth is spinning. That's what determines the length of our day. The length of our day is just exactly right. If the earth was spinning more slowly, uh, it would be really, really hot when it was daytime and really, really cold at night. And if it was spinning more fast, uh, days and nights would be far too short. And so, you know, it's a, quite amazing the design aspects of the earth that come out of that. Michael from the Blue Mountains, thanks so much for being part of 2020 today. Of course, the logic from that, of course, as you say, as the earth is slowing, uh, if the earth has been spinning for billions and billions of years, uh, it must have been spinning too fast. very, very fast. That's in right, those days. too fast. For humans to really have a nice time, wouldn't be very nice sleeping on it. Okay. Mm. Let's continue to take some calls. Adam is in Port Lincoln in South Australia. Hello, Adam. Welcome to 2020. Howdy. Um, I, I, must, I thank you for this program because this has really lit, um, lit something in me to talk about these things because I'm a new Christian and, and I've really kind of kept this, to, this idea, like the whole creation debate, to one side and kind of just gone... Um, you know, God created everything and that's the end of the story and I don't really care about the how and the which and the why. And I'm just, I've got a question for the doctor that um, how does how does um, Darwin's theory of evolution exclude God? I, From my limited understanding of it, it doesn't really because he explains how what, uh, things evolve, but he doesn't say that 
that that it just came out of nothing. He just he doesn't really talk about that from what I read about Darwin. He just says that this is how it happened, not who or the, whether there's an des, uh, intelligent designer or not. Um, yes, well, that's a good question, Adam. Um, the idea of Darwin's theory, uh, it's interesting. Richard Dawkins said about Darwin, he said, Darwin made it possible to be an intellectually fulfilled atheist. See, and before what Darwin did is he explained the design in the living world. So you got the the amazing design in all the different creatures, and uh, and he explained that it's just the result of natural processes which took place over billions, well, uh, hundreds of millions of years. So he he, he explained. So you don't need any designer. It just happened by natural processes. Ah, so that, I understand that. Um, so that's and, why that's why atheists will say it will hold on to it, and they, you know, they they're sort of, sort of proposing, uh, you know, have a Darwin Day, a day when we celebrate Darwin, and they they're very very passionate about this because it uh, enables them to hold on to the the idea of there is no designer, even though things look designed, they're not actually. Um, yeah, I actually have quite an experience. I was an atheist for a very long time, and, and I understand that. Um, also, I was just wondering, is there any, like, I'm just, I'm very interested in, like, the, I've always thought it was a matter of faith that God created the world, and I'm just very interested to find in, find that actually there's scientific, there's scientific ways of proving this, and I'm just very interested in you could lead me to, to some good sources that I can read and, and look into this further. One of the really good res- good sources would be the Creation Answers book. It's available from creation.com. Yep. And it's interesting, faith, you know, when you, th- when you talk about faith, we, we put our trust in Jesus Christ. He, we believe that he is the Son of God. Amen. We believe that he died, that he rose from the dead. So how do we know that? Is it just wishful thinking? No, it's based upon historical evidence. Yeah. So it, you, we have the accounts in the Bible of people, what they saw, and the various uh, events that happened, and the people who saw him after he rose from the dead. So it's not just a matter of believing something, hoping that it's true. It's becoming convinced that indeed these facts are true, mm. and then we put our faith in the fact, well, he really is the Son of God. And it's the same with creation. The Bible tells us about how creation occurred. God created in six days. He created a good earth and then the events of Adam and Eve and all that, and then Noah's yep. flood. So those are events which are based in history. And uh, the the New Testament, the writers there, they consider them to be history, and they regarded them that way. And so it's not a matter of proving that they're true. It's a matter of saying, well, we know that they're true because we know that the Bible's true. But when we look at the world, we see that it explains the world. And so we find what we see in the world matches what's in the Bible. Okay, thank you so much. This has actually been really enlightening and and I must admit it's something that I think God has brought forth in my life to look at a bit further. So thank you very much. That's great, Adam. Bless you immensely. Adam from Port Lincoln in South Australia. The name of the book you mentioned? The Creation Answers book. 
So there's there's a lot of questions that come up. This has got about 60 of the most asked questions, and it deals with the flood, with the fall, with the age of the earth, with uh, how the animals got on the ark, radioactive dating, all those questions which puzzle people. It deals with those and shows that there, there's really no problem with those uh, contradicting what the Bible says. And I suspect that Adam's not the only one listening who would benefit from getting a hold of that book, uh, Creation Answers, and you'll be able to get that from the Creation website, www.creation.com. Our special guest this hour is Dr. Taz Walker, geologist with Creation Ministries, trained as an engineer in power generation and the mining industries, now spends his time exposing the secular myth that everything evolved over billions of years. We're talking creation today. We're talking ice ages. We're talking climate change. And we're talking Noah's flood. You might have a question. You might have a contribution to our discussion. It's Neil with you on this Tuesday edition of 2020 and tackling the big questions, uh, those areas that sometimes stump us. And when we come to faith in Christ, there's a lot of questions that get raised. And a lot of those questions resolve uh, when we talk through issues with the likes of our guest this hour, Dr. Taz Walker, who's a geologist with Creation Ministries. We're talking through issues today to do with ice ages, to do with climate change today and, of course, Noah's flood. Our telephone talkback line is open, one 800 if you would like to be a part of our conversation today. Taz, before we take some more calls, when we talk about these ice ages, we need to be able to hear some things about evidences for those as well. And and I guess the evidence is everywhere, but but sometimes just identifying particular places where we can say, yes, I understand, Ice Age, evidence, and even Noah's Flood, evidence. What do we look at uh, when we're looking for that evidence? Well, when you go to, say, New Zealand and to the South Island, they've got some marvellous glaciers there. And uh, when, you, when you actually visit those places, you can see the evidences for the glaciers. They uh, have cut valleys down the sides of the mountains. There's, uh, they've broken up rock. They've pushed it up into great big heaps, enormous heaps. And uh, also, you see, they scratch the, the surfaces, so you see scratches. And, and in other parts of New Zealand, say Queenstown, it's sitting on a lake, which is uh, uh, where once there was uh, considered to be a great big block of ice, which was sitting. They're called Kettle Lakes. So we see evidences like that, which indicate that the ice cover was much larger in the past. And you see that in uh, North America and in Europe. This, these evidences for the Ice Age. So those are the sort of things that, um, that convinced Louis Agassiz that there was an Ice Age, even though he didn't know what caused it. And he, when he presented that to scientists, eventually they came to see that it was correct. And so, um, so those are the sort of evidences for an Ice Age. The problem is that uh, with the various explanations that people have, they assume that there's been Ice Ages occurring periodically in the past because they imagine the world is millions of years old and so they have ice ages appearing say during you see uh, they talk about it in New South Wales they talk about it in South Australia there's, uh, they talk about these scratches on the rocks. You can go down the beach and have a look at them, the scratches. So any scratches or uh, uh, un- unusual rocks which are around, uh, also down at uh, Eagle Hawk Neck in, in Tasmania, 
there's a various uh, sandstone with little 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 pebbles in it. They say, oh, this was an ice age here, but they're they're really the problem is that they are quite different evidences from what we see in the most recent one, which occurred after the flood. And uh, a number of geologists, uh, Michael Ord is one, and uh, there's Mats Molen is another from Sweden, and they've looked at these evidences and shown that these uh, uh, these claims of early ice ages are actually gigantic underwater landslides which occurred during the flood. So these landslides have have scratched rocks, they've pushed material away, and people have interpreted them as ice ages when in fact. We, we, they're not. We don't think they are. And so that's some interesting discussion on evidences. And we'll talk some more about that. Inviting your calls, you can be part of our conversation today. Our talkback line is open, 1-800-880-0876, 1-800-880-0876. Let's take a call from Ian from Bombala in New South Wales. Hello, Ian. Welcome to 2020. Uh, g'day, yeah. G'day, Neil. G'day, Dr. Taz. Thank G'day, Ian. Great to hear from you, Ian. What's your contribution today? Um, just just to go back a couple of steps, you, you mentioned CO2, um, Dr. Taz, and and, uh, and its influence on, uh, potential influence on the atmosphere. A, a lot hangs on CO2 and, and climate change in, in uh, secular science. Uh, as I understand it, it's less than... One percent of the atmosphere is CO2. I've never really had it adequately explained that it could, how it does have an influence on temperature, and, and perhaps I'm a bit sceptical that we're being sold a bit of an evolution thing. You know, if, if the whole world can believe evolution, then you know a large proportion of the world can believe that CO2 is a problem as well. C- can you just shine a bit more light on that, please? I think. Um you're, you're right in that uh, the CO2 has been sold as being the problem and uh, it's not sold as carbon dioxide, it's sold as carbon, carbon carbon pollution, <laughs> whereas carbon dioxide is a colourless, odourless, tasteless gas. It's actually essential for life, uh, whereas carbon pollution sounds terrible. And uh, as I understand it, and I'm not an expert in this exact field, but as I understand it, CO2 is not the driver of temperature that's originally thought. There's been some work done on uh, the effect of this in the atmosphere, and there are other things which do have a bigger effect, such as cloud cover and those sorts of things. And uh, all the aspects of uh, how the climate's driven and all the interactions are still being worked out. So I think the CO2, the CO2 has increased over the last 16 years, you know, the last couple of decades, whereas temperature, world temperatures haven't. And so the the idea that the the two are linked together uh, is sort of contradicted by that. And um, so that's a, a, one of the debates that's occurring today. Yes, yeah, yeah I understand. It's, it's sort of, if you raise anything to say that you know, how can CO2 have such an effect? You've really looked on as some sort of uh, ignoramus nowadays. Yeah, the, the, one of the big things is this factor which has been in, uh, included in the equations, which is a positive feedback term. And so the, the current thinking is that um, the Earth's orbit over 
tens of thousands of years, changes in the Earth's orbit affects the temperature of the sun's radiation. That's not enough to cause the, uh, the, the, the climate change or to cause the ice ages. And so the idea is that this is augmented by CO2 and they use a positive feedback term, as I understand it, in, in the models. And that's the, that's the problem. And, and uh, whereas this, the, uh, the Earth's uh, climate is actually stable, uh, and the ice ages were not caused by CO2 and not majorly affected by CO2, but um, they were driven by temperature, you know, increased temperatures in the ocean. Okay, oh, that's, that's terrific. Thank you. Will you have an article coming up about that or does one already exist? You'll find if you go to uh, creation.com and type in ice age, ice ages, yep. something like that in the search box, you'll find lots of articles and also resources on that topic. Also, there's uh, various um, media like um, multimedia. So there's various... Um, uh, stuff, stuff you can find in there about the Ice Age as well. Ian from Bombala in New South Wales, thanks so much for being a part of 2020 today. You can be a part of our conversation. Our talkback line is open 1-800-880-0876 1-800-880-0876 Our guest this hour, Dr Taz Walker, geologist. He's with Creation Ministries, trained as an engineer in power generation and the mining industries. Coming back to that uh, Taz, uh, as someone who worked in power generation, not only in coal-fired power stations, but also uh, hydroelectric power stations uh, and uh, in coal mining, uh, there is a sense, isn't there, that uh, question that came from Ian from Bombala when he talks about uh, carbon dioxide, carbon in the atmosphere. From my understanding, it's the more fossil fuels we burn, uh, the more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere or the carbon element which warms up the uh, the environment is is that the way that we ought to understand that? Well, that's what Ian was saying. Is the the, the idea that's the idea that's uh, put forward is the more carbon dioxide, the warmer the environment gets, and that's being called into question that that, that there may not be a direct link there, uh, as as uh, originally cons- thought. We will continue our conversation. You can be a part of it. 1-800-880-876. Our talkback line is open. Dr. Taz Walker, our guest from Creation Ministries. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. When the going starts getting tough in life... You know what we often do? We look to other people to help. Leaders, people more experienced than us. But what if they've lost the plot too? Then what? Why don't you join me today as we take a look at faith from a different perspective. Tonight at 6.45 Western, 8.15 Central and 8.45 Eastern on Vision. How can you help Vision? There's lots of ways. But one of them is supporting businesses that support us. Like station sponsor Western Downs Irrigation and Building Supplies. Serving the Western Downs, the big issues and how they affect you. 2020 on Vision. It's Neil with you on 2020. Dr. Taz Walker from Creation Ministries is our guest. You can be a part of our conversation. 1-800-880-0876. We'll take some more calls in just a moment. Wanted to just pick up on, we've been talking about ice ages. We've been talking issues to do with climate change and how these all interact together. Let's come to Noah's Flood and evidences here in Australia, on our Australian shores. Taz, uh, what could we look at and say that is evidence for Noah's Flood? 
One of the big well, there's lots and lots of evidences, and one of the evidences is the presence of fossils. Fossils require very special conditions in order for them to be preserved. So, if you go out into central Queensland, that you find uh, lots of examples of uh, dinosaurs being buried uh, in sediments, and obviously that would require. Uh, a very rapid uh, burial in order to preserve them. You find these dinosaurs, the skeletons on display. Uh, there's a great one on display in the museum in uh, in Brisbane. So fossils is one evidence, uh, amazing ex- evidence. Another one is that you find uh, sediments which have been laid down by water, rapidly flowing water, that cover large parts of Australia. Now they they um, will describe that as being a great inland sea. Uh, actually, geologists have given it a name. They call it the Eramanga Sea, uh, and it covered most of eastern Australia, or, or it actually covered the whole of Australia, but the remains of it are still still on eastern Australia, and uh, that's where the dinosaur fossils are found. But you also, you, that, that's uh, where a lot of uh, oil and gas uh, are uh, explored for in those sediments, the Surat Basin, the Eramanga Basin, and uh, so sediments which cover a large area like... Uh, Blankets, sedimentary blankets covering Australia. That's another example of uh, evidence of Noah's flood. When the the floodwaters receded off the earth, they eroded the surfaces of the continents, and uh, you find the uh, lots of uh, examples of that in Australia. For example, if you go to Carnarvon Gorge, you find amazing erosion there. You can go up and stand on some of the lookouts, and you can see the uh, the steep escarpments, the cliffs which have been eroded away. If you go down to the Katoomba and look out at Echo Point at the uh, Three Sisters, the Glasshouse, the uh, mountains there, you can see how the sediments have been eroded away. And so that's another example of evidences for Noah's flood. And where all of these things interconnect, uh, you were saying to me just off air a moment ago, uh, the oceans were lower after uh, Noah's flood. Uh, some people might say, where did the water go? Uh, and you might have an answer for that too. But uh, but the lower oceans created opportunities for land bridges and all sorts of things uh, that uh, gave opportunity for populations to move around the world. Exactly right. That's that's exactly right. So uh, during the, what caused you know the the flood? If we just even the surface of the earth out so that we make push the continents down, push the ocean basins up, there's enough water on the earth at the moment to cover everything to about three kilometers. So the towards the second half of the flood, all that was necessary was for the ocean basins to sink down. And when that happened, the waters flowed off the continents. And so now when people say, where did all the water go? You say, well, you're looking at it. Go down the Gold Coast. They go down to Bondi Beach. You're having a look. That's the water that came off the earth during the flood. So the water's in the oceans now. And uh, when the during the ice ages, there was a lot of ice on the land uh, an enormous amount of ice, and so the ocean basins were lower. The ocean's level was lower uh, during the Ice Age. For perhaps for some 500 years, it sort of gradually went lower and lower. And, uh, and so the, the, uh, the, sea, the sea line of Australia, the shore, was further out to sea. So, you, you know, what, what's ocean now? You could actually walk out, to, out a lot further. And um, when the Ice Age finished and the ocean levels came up, 
as the ice melted, that basically it drowned a lot of the river valley. So if you go around to the Hawkesbury, they're beautiful. They're beautiful places where you can sail boats. They're nice and deep, and that's uh, they call them drowned valleys. And that's as a result of the water rising at the end of the ice age. In North Queensland, when the, the water rose, of course, the, the higher rainfall melt that these, these river valleys filled up with sediment. We still have some time to take some calls. Uh, time is running short, though. Uh, you can call us, be part of our talkback conversation, one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. Let's take some more calls. Paul is on the line from Bunbury. Hello, Paul. Welcome to 2020. Hello, Neil. Hello, Dr. Walker. How are you? G'day, Paul. Very well. I've just got a um, question about uh, ice layers. I've heard a lot of uh, secular uh, points of view on it about how they use it for dating. Yeah, I heard there was some confusion. I think it was in Greenland. They found some planes buried under lots of ice layers. I was thinking, how does, uh, in a creation point of view, how do you account for the ice layers? Uh, that, that's exactly right, that the, the people who believe in long ages, they look at these ice cores and they try to identify layers uh, in, and, and count them. They don't actually count them, but they estimate the number of layers in the core. And uh, so that's where they come up with uh, the ice cores being, you know, 120,000 years old, that sort of an age. But the identification of the layers, uh, certainly as you get deeper in the cores, is highly subjective. And uh, you can have uh, multiple layers forming in a year. Uh, you can, and uh, when there's a storm, the, uh, you know, a, a blizzard or something like that, it can cause multiple layers to form. And so it all depends on the assumptions about one layer per year. And uh, that's uh, creations don't accept that that's a valid assumption. And uh, other evidence indicates that there's a lot of problems with that assumption. So that's uh, how the ice cores are answered. And there are articles about that that deal with that and models of the ice caps in Greenland and on in the uh, Antarctica uh, about uh, explaining those ice cores. Uh, thank you so much for your call, Paul from Bunbury. Let's take a call from Joan, who is in Perth. Hello, Joan. Welcome to 2020. Yes. Hello there. Um, thank you, Dr. Taz, too. We've got you on television as well. Now, look, our question is this. Um, wind currents around the world, do the southern hemisphere wind currents travel up to the northern hemisphere? Do they all mix up? Or do they turn at the equator, as I've heard someone say, uh, turn at the equator and come back? Well, I recall looking up uh, information about wind currents recently. Uh, there's a lot of information available just uh, on the web about it. Not not our particular site, but just generally available. And, and uh, the wind currents tend to form circulating cells. Uh, there's a couple of cells in the sort of a, a southern hemisphere and a couple in the northern hemisphere. And uh, so you get various latitudes uh, where the wind tends to, to focus in different directions. So the winds don't go from north to south. They tend to, um, tend to these cells tend to interlock at the equator. And uh, sometimes the way they interlock means that there's very little wind. And that's uh, the, the sailors with the, uh, the, the wind-powered uh, sailing ships used oh. to have uh, – it was the doldrums. They would call it the doldrums when they, there were no, there was no wind and they couldn't move. So that occurred around the equator. But you can just look up general information on that and, yeah. and get information on so the circulating really cells. Our, our point is where uh, we feel that uh, we're clean in the, in the uh, 
southern hemisphere and they're all dirty up there according <laughs> to this uh, climate change business uh, I'm, not, I, I'm not sure about that one uh, certainly there's a you know a lot less landmass in the southern hemisphere right. and a lot less industry uh, yeah. than there is in the north and should I assume here uh, we were talking to Joan uh, this must be Joan's yeah, husband Yeah, that's right, both of us here. Great to hear from you both. I'm going to have to leave you there. There's some more calls coming through. Appreciate you having uh, your say today here on 2020 and asking that question. Uh, Thank you to Joan. Uh, Let's take one. Uh, James is in Alice Springs. Hello, James. Oh, good morning. Um, Hi, how are you going, Neil? Very well. What's your your question, James? Uh, Question, sort of comment. Um, You mentioned just mentioned land bridges. I've been trying to come up with this question is living in Alice Springs and, and you, Dr. Sands, as a geologist, know there's all those um, uh, layers and fault lines and stuff through the McDonald Ranges that are virtually vertical. Yes. Um, but we have a tendency in, say, Western culture to have the folklore of evolution to describe that, but um, it seems quite politically incorrect to challenge the uh, indigenous cult and the um, 50,000, 40,000 years that we keep getting told, so it makes it quite awkward with how to, um, with Aboriginal believers, there's this dichotomy that they're they're forced to accept, because obviously 50,000 years ago, at some point they would have been swimming, uh, if the Bible is true, and so we seem to have an unhealthy sort of blind spot to just sort of leaving um, Aboriginal culture unchallenged on the issue of ages. Yeah, well, the, the idea of 40,000 years, 50,000 years is not an Aboriginal culture. That's actually Western culture. That number comes from, from Western academics. That's They're the people who put that age on it. Aboriginal, like if you look at it from a biblical point of view, all humans alive today are descended from people who are on the ark. There are eight people on the ark. And then there was the Tower of Babel when the languages were confused. And then people migrated from there into places like Africa, Europe, India, China, and uh, there's quite remarkable stories of, say, Chinese uh, culture having a knowledge of uh, the flood and biblical history. And same with the Aboriginal people. And it seems that they're very closely related to folk from uh, India and uh, mm-hmm. Sri Lanka. <clears throat> and so the main thing is if Aboriginals can understand their real heritage, that, they, that uh, we're all brothers and sisters uh, and related, closely related through Noah, and then it's uh, all been dispersed after the flood. And uh, they've arrived recently in Australia. It's certainly not 40,000 years. It uh, may be 4,000, 3,000, 2,000. could be, you know, those sorts of, those sorts of uh, 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 levels and not 40,000. And so it, it helps them to understand where they fit in. So yeah. the idea of 40,000 is a secular myth, and they, they really look at Aboriginal culture as being like the noble myth. We evolved, and so they think of Aboriginals often as being less evolved, uh, and it's not the case. We're all, we're all closely related. Uh, James from Alice Springs, I have to cut you short on that. Uh, we've got time for just one more call. Uh, Paul from Rockhampton. Hello, Paul. Hello, Doctor. How are you today? G'day, Paul. Um, my thought was before you were saying about uh, the ocean, the land under it sunk down and the water ran into there. How do we get that the oceans are salty and your table water is um, fresh water under the ground? Uh, that, well, they're really interesting questions. So under the ground you do get salty water and you do get fresh water. Yeah. The yeah, flood yeah, yeah. involved... Um, 
certainly the flood involved uh, lots of rainfall, which was fresh water. Then there was movement of the uh, there was movement of water across the earth, which made it salty. And uh, so you get the mixture of salty and fresh on the earth. But um, uh, the the ocean waters are salty now, but uh, the, the salt on the earth has been washed off by the fresh rainwater that's occurred after the flood. Uh, Paul from Rockhampton, does that answer your question? <laughs> Thank you for your call. It's great to have you as part of 2020 today. Uh, time running out just to draw attention to the website at uh, at uh, creation.com. Uh, you mentioned there are thousands of articles there and there's a search engine, which is a wonderful search engine that can give you access to answers to the questions that really are niggling at you. Mm. Uh, there's lots of articles. You're uh, the author of many of those articles too, aren't you? Uh, exactly Tash? right. That's true. And are there any books there that uh, you've authored? Uh, there's a little one called uh, The Genesis Flood, Fact or Fiction. There's a little booklet that's been authored uh, by me. And also there's the latest book that's come out, Evolution's Achilles Heels. Uh, it's got a chapter by me, but that's a really great book as well. Dr. Taz Walker from Creation Ministries. Go to creation.com and get some answers to the questions you have. Thanks for being with us, Taz. That's great. Thanks, Neil. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.